The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. The orders stand. A legal challenge to Governor Baker's COVID-19 emergency orders was rejected this week by the state's highest court, and that decision came just as the parameters are shifting yet again for what's permissible in the coronavirus age. For one thing, new guidance from the Baker administration will lower the maximum table sizes at restaurants, set a limit on how long people can spend enjoying their meal, and cut capacity in retail stores. Now, one of the big balancing acts in 2020 has been weighing Massachusetts public health with its economic health. And two of the economic areas most impacted this year are local stores and restaurants. And we've seen a lot of closures, a lot of hard times this year. So joining us on this week's Takeout to catch up on all that's going on, to speak for the restaurants, Bob Luz, president of the Massachusetts Restaurant Association, and for the retail stores, John Hurst, president of the Retailers Association of Massachusetts. Hi, Bob and John, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Sam, good to be with you. Now, uh, let's start with uh, John and then Bob. Were, Were you expecting Governor Baker to take more dramatic action than he did this week with this announced rollback in the uh, reopening plan? I I think it was measured, Sam. It was about what I expected. I didn't think that the uh, the numbers, uh, the science, and 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 frankly, how cautious Massachusetts has been from the start and clear through the summer and fall. I don't. I didn't think it warranted going any further than what the governor did. I I, I know that there was a lot of local municipal pressure, and and uh, I I think uh, a step was was to be expected. But I think it was a measured step. Uh, look, it's not going to. It doesn't come at a great time, as as we all know in the holiday season. But uh, um, uh, you know, we we far we were hardly the only state to do it. Uh, and we, we expected to see some some type of movement here in December. Yeah, I, I would agree with John um, uh, with the measured approach. Um, you know, I, I'll be honest, I feared uh, the potential was for, for greater um, and uh, only because of all the rancor and, and uh, talk from a lot of experts and ex- epidemiologists that were making the calls for this. Um, despite what the data said. And I think the governor was has been very strong on saying that since the get-go, he was going to follow the data. And when he follows the data, it does not bring him to a conclusion that he should do anymore. Um, you know, the, over, since it started, less than 2% of all restaurants, and really in the last four measuring periods, less than 1% of all the cases trace back to a restaurant. Um, and so... Um, you know, I think I think he did the right the right thing. Um, you know, obviously we we would prefer to have no further restrictions, um, but we were pleased that uh, he didn't go deeper. As we know, about twenty percent of the country now uh, is uh, does not have indoor dining. Yeah, you you mentioned the uh, percentage of cases traced back to restaurants. John, is is there any kind of contact tracing data about cases that go back to retail stores? 
Uh, there really isn't, Sam, but it's, uh, you know, everything that we've been able to obtain uh, nationally, and very, very uh, limited. It's, you know, uh, very limited exposure in retail. You think about retail, it, it you know, it, it's mostly in and out. Uh, and even during this holiday shopping period, uh, consumers are showing that, uh, that pattern, uh, a rather short trip in and out and, and very, very short-term types of exposures. Mm. Bob mentioned some of the pushback from uh, health experts or, or some of what they've been urging for. There's, there's already been some pushback from both lawmakers and um, some doctors this week on the latest uh, moves by Governor Baker. They, they wanted the changes to be more significant. Um, what are the actual practical effects for a more significant rollback. Um, and I would ask John, what, what kind of difference comes just from dropping capacity from 50% to 40%? Um, and, and to Bob, what, what do the smaller table sizes and time limits mean for restaurants in the guidance that we did see this week? Sure, well, Sam, I, let me say that, you know, our members, never really asked us to push the governor back in the summer as, as the cases were dropping dramatically in the summertime as, you know, as, as it was, everyone predicted would happen, right? Uh, uh, no one pushed us to increase that 50%. Most states uh, increased quite a bit, uh, coming back uh, closely to close to 100%. And uh, we never asked to increase or increase that. And we kept it at 50% because you know, frankly, the consumer demand, the consumer traffic didn't warrant more uh, uh, a higher occupancy level. We didn't have we didn't have the lines. We didn't have the demand, even even on a very popular sales tax holiday at the last weekend of, of August. There were there were no lines. There was no no problem. So so, you know, in retrospect, maybe we should have asked because had we been higher uh, like a Pennsylvania just rolled back from a higher number down to 50 percent. Uh, we in turn uh, have dropped from 50% to 40%. And, and look, if you are a, a type of store that really uh, deals with the impulse buyer for the holiday shopping season, you know, the, a lot of us are procrastinators, uh, whether it's the last weekend before Christmas or uh, the 23rd and 24th, those are the stores that are going to be uh, have a problem at 40% and may see lines and, 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 uh, you know, maybe it's a Hallmark shop or, or a gift shop. Those are the ones I think that are most dramatically impacted and, 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 and frankly have had very little, if any online sales, uh, during this whole, uh, pandemic. Mm. So, so Bob, how about these smaller table sizes and, and this 90 minute time limit for, for sitting down at your table in the restaurant? Well, the 90 minute time limit, especially for a higher end experience with a tasting menu and some of the high end restaurants, that's a tremendous challenge. Uh, for, the, for the normal dining experience, you know, 90 minutes probably uh, suffices. It's moving along at a pretty good clip, uh, but it, it would probably work. But look, the, the, you know, the reality is that um, uh, sort of the, the confluence of a, a number of events over the last, uh, it started probably three, four weeks ago now, um, have really uh, led to a precipitous decline in restaurant sales, absolutely within the, the greater Boston area, but also from you know Boston to Pittsfield, Provincetown to 
Newburyport and everywhere in between. Um, we had, uh, you know, sort of uh, the the weather change and sort of a lot of the loss of outdoor dining, if you would. We had um, the governor coming in with, um, you know, the stay-at-home advisory, which again, um, you know, put a restriction on 10 o'clock, took out our second seating at dinner, uh, because if you're gonna sit down and, and eat a meal, well, probably the last time you can seat anybody is at eight o'clock now. Uh, and in, certainly in a Boston area, that's not, you know, it's a much later dining crowd in there, um, much later dining experience. So, so we felt tremendous effects there, but even in the suburbs, um, and, you know, every time you put these restrictions on and, and obviously, you know, we've had, an, you know, as the uptick of, of, uh, of COVID spread is, is sort of hit, in, hit a new third surge here, uh, it, it has just had a, a pall on the industry and, and uh, uh, we've really dropped off tremendously here. So it's not necessarily going from 10 to 6. It's just, you know, the overall cloud that it places over the industry and again an industry that has gone out of its way to make sure it follows the protocols uh, there's been over 12,000 inspections now by the ABCC since the end of August and 97 percent of those have been in full compliance with the COVID protocols so um, you know the restaurateurs are doing the right thing um, and the results are, are showing that restaurants aren't the cause of the spread We've had indoor dining since June 22nd, and it didn't drive a big spike from June 23rd forward. Um, you know, I think it's really been driven by people leaving restaurants, uh, going home and, and assembling in groups. And uh, certainly the Thanksgiving holiday had something to do with it as well, so. Sure, and we're just seeing today that New York City won't have any indoor dining starting next week. And um, is, is there a possibility, you think, that even if the governor doesn't go any further on restrictions or rollbacks, that someone like Mayor Walsh, and I just saw Mayor Walsh on CNN saying he's following the data, but something like an end to indoor dining could be on the table. Um, is, is there a real possibility in your mind that we might see at the local level some more rollbacks? Uh, you know, again, I would hope not. Uh, I, I would hope again that they follow the same data that the governor does. I think the governor has been very guarded in how he's approached this and, and very um, strictly following that. And he does, it does not lead him to the conclusion that that's a step that needs to be taken. So uh, I would hope that everybody works in concert with him. Uh, but he has said uh, local municipalities certainly could have that up, you know, would have that uh, capability to, to manage it on their own. And we saw one case out in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, where they did uh, close down indoor dining for about two week period. And sadly, you know, it was a result of an, uh, again, uh, a Halloween party oh. frequented by a lot of um, younger folks, some of whom worked in the restaurant industry. And they jumped to the conclusion that it was gonna uh, cause spread to, uh, through the restaurants, which just didn't happen. And, and again, everybody managed the protocols and some had already closed because a number of their employees reported that they were at that party. And so they just closed as, out of an abundance of caution, not because anybody was positive. So uh, I hope they follow the, the governor and I hope uh, the mayor does as well. We're in conversation with him, you know, probably twice a week anyway, uh, 
and he's been very supportive so far. John, how about the financial aid that's been made available directly to businesses? Would the equation be different if federal or state leaders made more aid available? Um, and, and do you think that businesses are perhaps facing pressure to put themselves at risk because they need to do that in order to survive? Well, uh, let me say, uh, every small business needs one of two things to survive. They need e either higher sales or, or lower cost. And, and unfortunately, it's gone, both have gone in the wrong direction during the age of COVID. Uh, you know, the costs have gone up, sales have plummeted for, for many small businesses, uh, some 50% or more, uh, yet uh, their costs of operations are, are there. Um, you know, government mandates, not only government mandates and orders, but also government messaging and healthcare messaging and so forth have, have really had a huge impact upon on the consumer traffic and consumer spending and, and what where consumers are spending their dollars and how. And I think it, frankly, all of this is, is certainly of no um, result of, or not the fault of these small business owners. Uh, it's not the fault of anybody, including government, but government needs to realize that that there needs to be some sort of compensation for these small businesses. The PPP has long run out. Uh, we've known that. What's happening down in D.C. is just is just abysmal. Uh, you know, if those if, if they go home for Christmas without a new round of PPP, I think they all ought to uh, uh, turn away their paycheck or, or we all should we should be voting them all out because this is just not not the, the way government is supposed to be operating. We, we, we know that's where the, the, the real solutions have to be to, to save these businesses. Look, they have payroll, they have rent, they have inventory, inventory that in many cases, government has said you can't sell or uh, the messaging uh, to consumers is that uh, don't buy it, buy it somewhere else. Uh, you know, and things like uh, unemployment insurance, Sam. I think a little bit about unemployment insurance. Um, all these layoffs certainly haven't been the fault of these small businesses, yet we're staring down the barrel of a $6 billion, with a B, $6 billion deficit on Massachusetts Trust Fund uh, for all these layoffs. And uh, we need to have a real discussion about that. Should these small businesses really be on the hook for that level of a tax increase, that level of an obligation, you know, that's three times more than the millionaire's tax uh, proposal. Uh, it's just a, a phenomenal amount of money. And, and uh, you know, at the same time as the minimum wage is going up, paid family and medical leave benefits are kicking in, uh, small business health insurance rates are going up uh, 8%. Um, the costs keep going up, yet, yet your sales are off a cliff. Um, I, I frankly am surprised that we haven't had more small business failures already. I think uh, in the next few weeks are going to be very telling, and we'll, we'll see what happens at the end of uh, or in the first quarter of 2021, how many more failures we see. How many small businesses have closed so far this year? Well, that's a good question. We don't, no one knows for sure. I know Bob has a better um, a better handle because, you, you know, through suppliers and so forth, the uh, uh, restaurants, you can track it a little bit, but look, I, I, there have been some figures that show, you know, across all industries, uh, it could be well into the 30 percentile, uh, maybe as much as 36% here in Massachusetts. Uh, one study, uh, came out that that many failures already in, 
and 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 again, we're not out of this yet. You know, there's going to be more failures over the course of the next quarter or two. Right. And and so, Bob, around how many restaurants are closed for good, and how many of those is there a chance that they might come back or be revived yeah. in some way? Yeah. So what we now know is at one point we we were at about 3,400 restaurants that had never reopened. Um, since then, um, so that's out of 16,000. So that was roughly 23%. Uh, we're now up to about uh, just shy of 4,000. We think that number is because we updated it and there's a number of restaurants that did close after we first put that number together. Um, so that number, I think, you know, that's roughly 25% of, of what was there. Um, but now what we're seeing is restaurants that had been open, that reopened, that uh, had outdoor dining, you know, that had started with just takeout and delivery maybe, and then had outdoor, indoor, expanded, um, uh, a number of them, and largely in greater Boston, but not entirely, uh, greater, the greater Boston area, have now, what they're calling, uh, have announced that they're hibernating for the winter. And so they've done the math and said, I'm gonna lose a lot less money if I close my doors um, and then reopen come you know, March, April, uh, you know, back when vaccine can be more, you know, is hopefully deep into phase two, almost into phase three, um, when outdoor dining can come back and, and be a part of the option uh, uh, for the guest. Um, the weather turns. So um, we're seeing that number in the hundreds already, and I think it can go far higher. And then I think it's going to creep out into the suburbs as well. Um, again, because we've seen such a precipitous drop off. And that's the big thing that we're talking to the administration about right now. We're, we're, on, the, we're on the precipices of, uh, uh, of uh, really furloughing an awful lot of the employees that we had rehired. Um, and you know, the restaurant industry was the first to shut down. Uh, and literally, we went from uh, employing 300,000 within the four walls of restaurants, not including all the business partners that supply us, um, to and we, we laid off about 255,000 people at some point or another or for the whole time uh, during the shutdown. Uh, and we never recalled um, about 39%. So um, we're, we're about to put, unfortunately, if we don't get any aid, as John said, and, and I, could, I couldn't echo it louder, it would be criminal for folks to go home for recess here uh, in DC. Um, you know, and if they, if they can't get a comprehensive plan done, and that may be out of reach, they absolutely have to get small things like the, you know, and I know it's not small, but get the second round of PPP done and, and get an unemployment, an unemployment uh, benefit that makes sense also done. Because again, we have a lot of people sitting on the sidelines uh, and a lot more that will be. Uh, and, and so we're at a dangerous, dangerous road right now. Sure, uh, these, these are dark days for sure, but there's, there's, there's been some success stories about how folks have adapted to the pandemic. And drawing on some of the stories of your members, perhaps, I don't know if, if each of you could, uh, could share with us um, uh, some success story of, of how someone really made the most of the situation this year. Well, yeah, I'll start. I, I, I will say 
there's no secret on the retail side, Sam, uh, for small businesses, they were slow to the punch on, on, on getting, uh, uh, you know, a little innovative, particularly getting online. Uh, because there's a, there was a considerable upfront cost, right? And a lot of questions on how you do that. Do you do it on your own website? Do you do a marketplace? Uh, you know, you, and, and, and who do you trust to do that for you with that investment? Sure. Um, and, you know, so they were way behind uh, the large businesses. A, a year ago, only 26% of our members were selling online. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell you, now that number is over 50%. And uh, beyond that, they're doing the curbside. They're doing it by appointment only. They're doing delivery. They're doing uh, what some of the larger folks started doing either years ago or certainly at the beginning of the pandemic. And and you know uh, a lot of that a lot of that innovation, meeting the consumer where they want to be met, isn't going to go away past the pandemic. Uh, uh, but it will have implications for the number of stores, the footprint size of the stores and the like, because uh, there's no going backwards uh, for a lot of consumers on buying items right from their smartphone. And, and, I, and you know, today uh, our, our members are reporting about 13% of their member of their sales now uh, are online. Um, now that's a dramatically lower number than what big national chains would have, right? You know, it might be, you know, 35 or 40%. So, so a, a 13% increase online uh, while your in-store uh, sales, you know, maybe 25 or 50% off last year. Uh, it just, it's, it's not going to work economically uh, long-term. Uh, they still have a longer way to go. Sure. And any, any particular story you want to give a, a shout out to that you saw really do a, a great job through all of this? Well, I, I, uh, I, I saw so many members like bike shops, you know, there was, Oh yeah. You uh, went they, to a bike shop with the governor, didn't you? We, we, we did. And even at that point, that was late August, you know, they could have been open, you know, at 50% for, you know, a couple months prior, they were still doing by appointment only. Um, yet they were, you know, they were really servicing their customers in, in a, a lot of ways. They were very dramatically growing online uh, by appointment only, curbside, and um, and and uh, and adapting from maybe uh, selling a lot of bikes that you know were meant for commuting, right? Uh, because no one was really commuting anymore to recreational, where people were uh, looking at ways to be fit uh, while they couldn't go or weren't going to the gym. So, so uh, you know that type of adaptation is occurring. Uh, and, and those that continue to adapt uh, beyond uh, the pandemic, I think, will ultimately be stronger. Uh, they're going to have to find ways to lower their, their actual cost of operations with some of their payroll, some of their brick and mortar, uh, and, and uh, be more online uh, in order to, to be in the black on, on their balance sheets. Sure. Uh, Bob, give us, a, give us a restaurant success story from this year, such as it is. Yeah, and again, I'm not. I don't think I'm going to get specific on one, but I, I will say restaurants in general. Uh, you know, so you, if you, there's no so zero silver lining in the pandemic. But if you're going to bend and stretch and say what are, what are the the wins here, I think there's really two things in terms of the industry that stand out. One is um, the the pivots and the business plan to do things a lot, to, and they both are related to the pivots and the business plan to do things a lot differently. So uh, 
let's just say March 1st, uh, if you were to look at a restaurant, a typical full service restaurant sales, they probably did um, maybe eight or maybe 10% of their sales were takeout and no one was really doing delivery in the full service restaurant arena. Besides, you know, maybe some Chinese restaurants and pizza restaurants. I'm talking about a regular full service restaurant, American sort of uh, varied menu, if you would, or seafood or a steakhouse. Um, and uh, 90, 92% of their sales were inside the four walls of their dining room. Today, uh, or through the end of the summer, it probably looked like this. It was probably 25% was takeout or delivery. And again, delivery is brand new for that industry. Um, probably about 40% of their sales were outdoor, which again, the vast majority of restaurants didn't have that capability before. And um, the remaining maybe 35% was indoor. Um, and so you know, they've had to learn how to do takeout and delivery and they had to buy packaging and adapt their menu uh, to make it travel a little bit better, uh, to make sure that it held the temperature right, make investments in that. Um, but they they took something and, you know, quite honestly, I expect in the next few months here that uh, takeout and delivery is probably going to go into the 30, 35% range. Um, so they've really robustly built that out and, and moved very quickly to do that. And then the second piece is outdoor dining. 80% of the restaurants in Massachusetts had zero outdoor dining capabilities. And again, we, we literally pivoted in the matter of days uh, to get that open. Uh, and the customer really likes it. And I think that's probably here to stay. And, you know, it really, I think, awoke Massachusetts up that, you know, we had pretty parochial laws around our alcoholic beverage uh, consumption and the idea that we could take it outside the four walls of an establishment was very guarded. And I think what cities and towns uh, across the state have said is this added this added some excitement, some buzz to the community, and uh, not to use the buzzword there. Uh, and uh, and uh, you know, but I think it's something that's here to stay, and uh, it really uh, it makes restaurants, I think, a little bit more dynamic. So. I guess those are two silver linings and, and wins. And uh, again, big changes in the business plans for, for these uh, restaurants. Sure. And it, it will be interesting to see what consumer behaviors stick around after the pandemic's over and, and how that will just continue to impact us going forward. Um, I am curious, incidentally, what you make, Bob, of the differentiation um, in the economic reopening between restaurants and bars. Well, bars aren't open. Right. Uh, yeah, we have, I mean, I mean, uh, you know, Sam, you're hitting on a, a, a really terrible side of this. We have large parts of our industry that are still closed. Um, you know, if you're, if you're simply a, a, a bar, a bar operation, and there's plenty of them, there's, you know, the corner bar, um, which is a neighborhood gathering spot, uh, up to the nightclubs, they, they have simply not been able to reopen and will not, I, I don't believe, until well into next year. Um, that is just uh, incredibly heartbreaking. Uh, and the second side is, uh, you know, these uh, function halls and, and uh, catering facilities uh, across the state have literally never been able to reopen. I mean, you can't have a uh, uh, you know, 
I, I, we have a member up on the North Shore, uh, Paul DiLorenzo, Dearman's Port Yacht Club. He took he took a picture of four six tops socially distanced in his ballroom, um, and you know he took it from uh, high up, and it's just that's the most people that he can have at an indoor function in a room that holds eight hundred people. Wow. Um, you know it it doesn't seem to make sense, and it's again he is entirely dark now until probably uh, April of next year. So. Um, you know, we, we really, uh, uh, and, and the reality is caterer can run his or her facility as safe, if not safer, because they know exactly who's at every table, the seating charts. I mean, um, you know, the, the, the food service, they, they could do this as safe, if not safer than a restaurant could. So um, those people should be open now, as far as I'm concerned, and we should have limits that are reasonable. Uh, and we were getting close to getting there before this uh, surge. And, you know, hopefully we can get right back to it as soon as we get out of it. Sure. John, you've alluded a, a few times to the holiday shopping season. Um, what's your sense of how it's going so far now that we're, we're into Hanukkah and Christmas is just around the corner? Well, Sam, there's winners and losers. So like it, there has been since uh, March, you know, some, some are just killing it, right? They're up double digits. Uh, uh, others, um, you know, are down to double digits and, 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 and just trying to, to uh, get whatever they can. Look, we, we've, as an association, we invested uh, more than we ever have invested into, you know, urging people to go out and shop and dine locally. Uh, uh, this holiday season, we did a, a, a radio ad campaign featuring the governor and, and we did uh, a lot of digital ads, you know, to remind people that, you know, we know what you have to do in order to be safe. Um, but, and, and, you know, you mask up, you, you uh, sanitize, you socially distance, you, you, you follow the protocols and, and, and do, you know, and, and take some responsibility. But, you know, beyond uh, the fact that you can do those things safely, it's also important to the local economy that we do these things. And, and I think it's, it's important that we all, whether it's people like Bob and myself and, and elected officials like the governor and the local mayors and, and, and the media, you know, we need to remind folks over and over again that we've learned a lot uh, during this crisis. And there's some things that we can do safely. And if we value these small businesses, we value, and it isn't just restaurants and, and stores, by the way, I go into Boston twice a week. I see cobblers, I see uh, uh, taxi, dab, uh, cabs, taxi drivers uh, to uh, dry cleaners and all these small businesses because the buildings are empty. We need to start changing the, the discussion and having all types of employers feel a little more comfortable about getting their, their employees back into a normal routine, you know, now that we know so much more and the vaccines are coming, uh, we need, that's the way that we're gonna recover this economy. And in, in the meantime, we need some bailing out of these small businesses that are on the edge. Sure, a final question to you folks, mentioned at the top of the podcast that this year, one of the big things has been balancing the public health and the economic health of the state. And since the response around here was really shaped by the governor's executive orders and, and his guidances. Um, curious just what grade you would give Governor Baker uh, for how he's balanced the economy with public health concerns. 
I, I would say we certainly had our disagreements with the governor back <laughs> in the spring when uh, you know most of our vast majority of our members were closed until we, we got um, you know into June. Uh, and, and at that point, even even uh, stores uh, were closed that could not uh, do internet or delivery or curbside. Uh, and at that point, you know, we felt like it wasn't being balanced and we would have given him uh, maybe a C minus at that point. Um, you know, once we got into the summer and, and now into the fall, I think uh, I would I would give him about a B plus A minus. I think he's he's balancing it far better. Uh, you know, look, he's a healthcare guy, but he also is uh, very concerned about small businesses. And I think he is is uh, is, is trying to get us out of this with as as few of losses as possible. Bob? Yeah, I would agree with that. Again, you know, in the early stages, like look, literally restaurants closed with about, um, well, in theory, a day and a half's notice, but um, it wasn't enough time uh, to um, sell off the inventory. And, and, and unlike a retail environment where you know, uh, something on, on the shelf isn't damaged to 30 days later when you reopen, or in this case, several months later. Um, to add insult to injury of not being open for revenue and sales, we lost literally millions of dollars of product and our suppliers, our business partners lost even more. Uh, and so, um, that was really troublesome. Um, you know, uh, if we had had a week's notice to, to, to do that, we would have been fared a little bit better. Um, so that really did hurt coming out of the gate. And, and we certainly did have disagreements early on. Uh, but like John said, I, I think, you know, as we've gotten opened and, and moving forward, um, I think he's been very, um, very guarded and maybe I'd you know, certainly there's plenty of our members and, and, and maybe myself that would like them to be a little bit more uh, forthcoming, you know, certainly with parts of the industry, like I just talked about, the caterers, uh, they should be open right now. That's frustrating. Um, you know, and again, we could have rules that say no dancing, no uh, cocktail parties. We are able to walk around. I mean, we could do that. Um, so I'd probably give them a B, you know, B plus right now. Um, and, and again, one thing that I've really taken close watch to is, you know, and maybe, maybe um, the owners of some of our restaurants would, would, would not agree that he's, he's doing a good job managing this crisis. But when uh, I do remind them when 73% of the state thinks that, that he's been a good leader through this whole thing, those are our members. I mean, those are our uh, guests and our employees that are saying that. And so, um, you know, it's, it, you got to keep that in, in mind. And I think um, the, the one thing I will say, and I know John would agree with this, they have kept an open line of communication with the business community. Um, you know, we, we continue to talk with them. Uh, we continue to have weekly meetings or bi-weekly meetings um, to update. And that part has been very good. Um, so. So I give them the the, the, the early on grade and the, and the later grade, just like John. <laughs> sure. 
All right. Well, thanks very much for joining us, folks. And uh, as as you mentioned, Bob, we'll see what and John, we'll see what uh, Congress does over the next couple of weeks. We've got two weeks till Christmas. And um, thanks very much for joining us. John Hurst from the Retailers Association of Massachusetts and Bob Luz from the um, uh, Massachusetts Restaurant Association uh, and wishing everyone also a very happy Hanukkah. Take care, folks, and we'll see you next week. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.